ice ASMR. I mean, I don't think that's a thing. I don't, I don't think that's what people want. Isn't it? This is how we know that you don't listen to podcasts. Like It is. It's true. I listen to one podcast and that happens to be back in. While you're editing. Minutes. While I'm editing. I also listen on Spotify to keep our retention rate Amazing. High. Speaking of, this is Backhands and Compliments. I'm Miranda. And I'm Katie. And we talk about tennis and mostly the ATP. However, today we do have a little bit of WTA, but just like for a split second, <gasps> basically. Yeah. Which is more than they usually get. I won't lie. Yeah. It's just a lot to keep up with. I don't know. I have no excuse, but it's fine. I keep up, but not well enough to run a podcast, yeah. if that makes However, sense. However, you like, could absolutely run a doubles podcast. I absolutely could, because the amount of doubles I've watched recently is a little bit um, concerning yeah. to anyone who knows me, but it's fine. I am honestly concerned, but that's okay. Speaking of things that I'm concerned about, <laughs> this is the third two-week Masters of the year. I think this is, we didn't have any after I became a tennis fan last year, right? Because Madrid and Rome were still one week. Okay, so mm-hmm. I became a tennis fan in Monte Carlo last year. Yep. So this is my third yep. two-week Masters. Gotta say, don't like it. Like, I do think it's fun how you get kind of one weekend that's super jam-packed with the tennis being like the first weekend that you have of that two-week Masters. But I just like, we either need to sort it out so that like, 32 people don't get buys because that's really what ruins it when you have like no one in the top 30 playing in the first two days of main round matches it's just like what are we doing here i'm so sorry Mm -hmm. (laughs) so sorry to everyone like that's a very rude thing to say like what's happening by it like that's one way to fix it or just make it shorter like we learned from houston they can run a 250 in two days like there's no reason a 1000 needs to be two weeks i don't know yeah, it really doesn't. I was actually, my my mother brought up an interesting point because oh. I was complaining to her about this today. I was like, it's so stupid that there's two week masters and like nobody, the first week's basically like a dead week. Yeah, which and is kind of like, nice. It is kind of nice. But then she was like, oh, but like then if you win on like Sunday, you immediately then have to go play on like a Tuesday in your next tournament. And I'm like, well, that that's a good point. But I'm also sitting here like, it's not like Madrid and Rome are very far apart. They're an hour and 30 minute flight away from each other. You They're also... In the same time zone. Like, I've done that flight. I know it. <laughs> you also, frankly, like, you don't want, unless you're like Jill Medvedev, you don't want the same person. Like, you want that built in disadvantage of the person who won last week. Yeah. Like, that should be, I don't know, that should kind of be a thing. Yeah. I don't like, know. I don't know. I also, Katie, I told you about this. I was listening to a Formula One podcast. I was listening to two girls, one formula, and they are not tennis mm. fans, but they were talking about all of the tennis players that oh. went to the Monte Carlo Masters. <laughs> and it was so funny hearing them talk about it because they were trying to figure out how long a tennis tournament was. And they were like, I think it's just Saturday and Sunday. And then one of them was like, no, but like George was there on a Thursday or a Wednesday or something. And like the way it just didn't, ever occur to these girlies i say that with so much respect i love they're so great so much love but um we love them i I truly do it never (laughs) occurred to them that a tennis tournament could be like a whole week and i was like guys sometimes there are two (laughs) more often than not right now yeah there are two two. you have four plus what eight nine nine no because not Not all all of them uh, you still have Shanghai Monte Paris. Carlo is still a week. You, I think five of the Masters are two-week Masters now. What's the fifth one? <laughs> Obviously, Indian Wells, Miami, Madrid, Rome. No, sorry. Shanghai? Four of them. 
The fifth one that I was thinking of is Monte Carlo, which is not. Oh, I see. I couldn't remember if they made Shanghai two weeks or not. It might but be. But I don't even pay don't attention know. to Shanghai. We have, I don't know. We don't, Who cares we about Shanghai? Well, I mean, I'm sure Shanghai will be fun. By the way, Katie, it is outdoor. You thought it was indoor. It's fully outdoor. I did. That just goes to show that I have literally never watched Shanghai yeah. in my entire life. Yeah, I think it's also like so when sorry. you would have been watching it, it would have been dark there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the East Coast, so it's just dark outside. So I'm like, oh, it's indoors. Yeah. Duh. But no, yeah, we're like post-COVID fans yeah. of professional tennis recently. So like, uh, we weren't paying attention yeah, more, to Shanghai yeah. before. Anyway, my fix to the two-week Masters, like, it would be fine if they didn't have so many buys. Like, make more people play in right. the first round. Even just ma- giving only the top 16 buys or something. And like, I get that that means people from the bottom wouldn't necessarily get in, but I just, uh, I don't know. Figure it out. Like, come on. You can't do this to us. Mm -hmm. You can't make it two weeks and then give the entire draw a buy. Yeah. They're like, we want more premium tennis. I'm like, oh, okay. So now you get one week that's just a dead week in the middle of the... Like, it doesn't make any sense. When you're trying to, like, build momentum and build hype. I don't know. Yeah, because, like, that's... You know, I I understand the argument behind having two-week masters, Mm -hmm. like, to some extent, with, like, wanting the lower ranked players to have more matches or whatever and like more lower ranked players getting into the main draw how is that going to drive engagement then give them a 250 in the second week right that's usually what they do whose match are people like excited to watch in the first round of one of these masters 1000s and it's like andy murray and like stan Wawrinka, and that's it like literally <laughs> Oh, God. And the, and the thing is, is, like, people who are interested in those lower-ranked players, like a me, like me, like a me. Like a me, <laughs> like a me. Mario. Like a me. <laughs> like a me, Mateo. Like a me, Mateo. <laughs> I'm already going to be watching those lower, those matches. Like, you don't have to be, I'm not, you're not trying to entice me into mm-hmm. watching the early rounds of um, Masters of any tournament, because yeah. I'm already watching them. That's all I do with my life. Speaking of It's a Me, Mateo, we get to Indian Wells 2024, Katie. Oh, no. Yes. Is Mateo playing on Wednesday, Thursday, first week? Oh. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he might be. I had the bad thought of, is Mateo at in tw- Indian Wells 2024, is Mateo there? Or is he Aslan Karatsev all the way down to the lower 100s no no how dare you i think he's there i think he's there and i think is he there as a model back in the top 20 because he will be fully healed from all of his injuries he will play wimbledon guys he'll get points for wimbledon he's not gonna get COVID again lock matteo berrettini in a bunker the second queen's ends you guys (laughs) like you just hide him in the basement of wimbledon like literally you lock him in that center court you don't let him leave Yeah, and he also will get points from the Australian Open because he won't be facing like Andy Murray in the best condition of his entire life. You asked in your in your notes document, how are we feeling? Um, I would just like to say that this Madrid <laughs> Masters, this two week Masters, is also happening during Mercury retrograde, which I do think is mm-hmm. to blame. And for this. and like the craziest few weeks of your life. <laughs> yeah, personally. Yeah, mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. <laughs> the title of our document is Mid Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> which is both working because it is in fact the middle of madrid but also madrid's yeah. been a little mm, mid 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 <laughs> yeah i've called it mid madrid for mostly the reason that we're like kind of in the middle of the tournament like we're recording this on tuesday night for us so the round four matches happened so, earlier today yeah. so we lost like andre and daniel today 
weirdly <laughs> though the vibes are actually okay like we're do- we're doing fine i'm not mad at it i'm really not mad at mostly because i didn't see it and i can pretend it didn't happen <laughs> i didn't see andre lose which is really what would have put me in a bad mood i did watch mm-hmm. daniel but we'll get into that yeah we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about daniel <laughs> and mm-hmm. the person he lost to we finally get to talk oh, about him <laughs> We've mentioned him one time, and it was, like, the shadiest mention ever. Ever. And I'm excited we get to talk about Aslan again. I love him for no reason. Literally. Yesterday, last night, was the Met Gala. And there was a lot of excitement because I was like, ooh, you never know. Tennis players might be going. And I specifically was taking a look at the list of Rome withdrawals and being Mm -hmm. like, maybe we could have, you know, have some people cook in here. And I was partially correct like we already knew roger was going to be there because he's like a chair or whatever yeah i don't know puts it on and i was like mateo withdrew from madrid and also from rome r.i.p r.i.p devastating but i was like maybe mateo will go and sure enough he did we also got serena williams and alexis her husband (laughs) mr serena williams mr serena williams (laughs) so true man's founded reddit and i'm still out here like no mr serena williams i do not care and a baby serena is pregnant again ah! i'm so excited Yay. i'm so excited for her so excited this is so oh i have a little another little baby baby williams i also with all due respect i don't know what we're gonna do if it's not a girl like i just i can't imagine serena williams with a son like no. she's just such a like obviously her sisters are so important to her it's like a big part of who she is is like having this and i just don't know what we do if like a, a boy pops out of that woman like i don't know i'm so sorry like <laughs> olympia needs a doubles partner like that child mm-hmm. better be a girl yeah well they could play mixed dubs yeah, but... Do you think Olympia's playing tennis? I think... I mean, maybe. I mean, we're already talking about Medvedev's child playing tennis. Like, why not talk about Olympia, too? Yeah, do you think she'll be born in October? Do you think she's going to be another Libra? I sure hope so. There's a, there's so many Libras. The amount of Libras that have popped up recently. There are so many Libras. I think it's just... I was actually thinking about it because I was thinking, who was the person you looked up today? Zhang. Oh, they're a Libra. Zhang's a Libra. Okay. He has the same birthday as Charles Leclerc, just a year older. Yes. Correct. So the thing that I was thinking about was, I wonder if there are so many Libras because all of their parents are athletes. It's another Mm -hmm. thing that like the commentator was talking about during the Zhang match was how his dad, I think, was also an athlete of some kind. Oh. And I think part of that, like, because we talk about Charles Leclerc, Andre Rublev, uh, Zhang, now like lots of other people that are Libras, Elisa (laughs) And all of these people have athlete parents who, like, have an off-season during the holidays. And, like, that's when you get to the baby-making. Like, I don't know. I think that that's... There's something to that of, like, all these athletes end up with Libra children. And maybe that goes to them being rich and Libras being, like, fancy. You know what I mean? That's true. Also, in attendance at the Met Gala, like we talked about, Roger and Mirka. Mirka was there as well. Her dress was... I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool, too. I thought it was beautiful. It was like... Was it feathers or like tassels or something on it? Yeah. It was like kind of pink, feathery. Mm. 
in a good way. Yeah. I don't know. You're not a Pink fan. I very much am. So, like, I really liked it, but... I'm just always going to appreciate someone who wears an outfit that's a little bit on the quirky side. Because that's the point of the Met Gala, is to, like, wear something weird. And I don't know anything about designers. When else do you get to wear stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, and then the men come in wearing, you know, regular suits. And then there's Jared Leto in a furry costume, but... He's a maniac. Yes, literally. Samirka so looked amazing. I think Roger did, too. He always looks gorgeous, but it's just a little bit boring, in my opinion. True. And then Andy Roddick and Brooklyn Decker were there as well, which so to me wild. was, like, very much a surprise. So I, surprising. First of all, I always forget that he's married to Brooklyn Decker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always forget. Remember when she was a thing? Anyway. <laughs> yes. And then she married Andy Roddick and became not a thing. Literally. <laughs> Best of luck for them. It's weird also seeing Andy Roddick, like, out of his house. Because I'm yeah. seeing him on the tennis channel all the time, but he's always there in his little, like, headset yeah. thing up against, like, the whitest wall. And it's like, are you in a prison cell? Like, are you okay? And the only time I'd see him, seen him outside of, like, that is, like, you know, on a tennis court, like, wearing athletic gear. So, like, him in a suit was weird. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't even seen that. You sweet summer child. <laughs> I know. Truly the most summer child. So summer. I tweeted this, but my question was, the ATP WTA goes full Tennis United and buys a table at the Met Gala, which is very much like, I mean, Lewis Hamilton did this for like a much better cause. Like Lewis Hamilton <laughs> bought a table at the Met Gala so that he could invite like black designers yeah. to like give them a seat at the table at the Met Gala because otherwise they wouldn't get these opportunities. Anyway, a much worse cause is like popularizing tennis. <laughs> something I am not quite as passionate about, but still passionate about. Passionate about it. If you are in charge of figuring out who gets the 10 seats at this table, I don't know if I clarified this with you, but five men, five women. Okay, you didn't clarify that with me, so... Okay, great. You cannot be... I cannot be held responsible for my list now. Okay, that's fine. It's much harder when you try and do that. If you look at the seating chart, Anna Wintour very much sticks to, like, men, women, men, women, which, like, Mm. a little heteronormative of you. Anna, but we move. We move. Call up Stefanos. He will not be able to explain to you what that means. <laughs> no, he won't. Which players would you invite? Okay. So first of all, I when I originally wrote this list, I said I'm inviting mm-hmm. no men. Oh. Because most of the time, the men do not show out. And I do not trust these okay. tennis men to show out, okay? And that's all I want from the Met Gala, you know, is to show out. There are a couple of men that I would. We have the Labor Cup. I've already seen the most, most of them in suits. I don't need to see it again. So I trust the women to look gorgeous. Okay. However, I thought your list was going to be all men. No. But now, okay, this is changing things. I did, in fact, add one man simply because of his tweet today. Because I think it'd be funny. And I'll tell you the one man is Andy Murray. I think Andy Murray would be funny oh, at okay. the Gala. What did he tweet today? I missed it. He was talking about Jared Leto as a cat. He's been on one on Twitter this week. He has. And you know what? I kind of love him for it. It's really distressing. I do too. I don't like that man on a tennis court. But put him behind a keyboard. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Put him behind a, a microphone. Get that man talking, please. Put his mom behind a keyboard oh and put a God. picture of Felicia yes. Lopez in front of her. Oh my God. Absolutely an icon, a legend. Me too, Judy. So funny. Me too. <laughs> okay, so here's my list of women. For the Met Gala, not just in general. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even my fa- list of favorite WTA players, but... Okay, neither is mine. Because I don't have one. You don't have one. You didn't do this. Arena. Paula. Okay. Jessie Pagula. JPEG is also on my list because she's actually the one buying the table. <laughs> right. Exactly. She has enough money for it. I also would love to see her like come in like a Buffalo Bills themed gown. The theme is not camp every year, but we move. It should be. <laughs> Make everything camp. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> it really was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coco Golf. Okay. Ostapenko. <laughs> okay. 
she'd be wearing some weird shit. This is going to be my dark horse pick, Danielle Collins, simply because she is the most redneck hick kind of woman. And I would mm-hmm. love to see her dress in something fun and kooky and like completely outside of the realm of what the Met Gala should be. But I would love to see her do it. Okay. Emma Raducanu, because everyone loves Emma Raducanu. Has she been? I don't know. Maybe She has. So oh, that's cool. There you go. And Layla Fernandez. Okay. Great list. My list. I, I'll start with my women's list because, you know, some people are the same. Three of my people are the same as people on your list. So I also have Sabalenka. She's the first one I wrote down. Me too. <laughs> then I have Coco and Pagula, obviously. Yeah. I also have Rebecca. Oh, okay. I had her on my list earlier. Because I just feel like pretty privileged. Like she would get invited and she would like, people would pay attention, yeah. you know. But she'd be wearing sneakers. And I would love her for it. And then I have Maria Zachary, just because oh, I think okay. you could dress her in an interesting way. Like, she has a different physique mm. to any other woman on the Metcalfe carpet. And I just think you could do something interesting with that. I agree. So. Don't put her in a New York City dress, though, like they did with Isla. We don't talk about that. Then for my list for the men, I have Carlos. Of course. Self-explanatory. Then... I have an either or, and I want to get okay. your thoughts here. Mm, okay? Lovely. I don't think we can invite both of these people because I think they're too similar. <laughs> Is it Yannick and Andre? <laughs> but I do think... No. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> no, but that actually does help me like decide which one I think should be on this list and shouldn't be on this list. <laughs> it's Yannick and Lorenzo Musetti. Oh, okay. I think Lorenzo would dress better. Yeah. And I also have Andre on my list, and I think it'd be confusing with both Yannick and Andre there. I think it's interesting you put Andre on there. Because I actually think... I just want to see it. I know. Well, he's going to roll up with wet hair. Like, that's what the collective I know. I know. Is. That was the joke that I made. Yeah. <laughs> you were like to Sadie, his hair needs to be wetter. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, you definitely roll up with wet hair. And, like, not in the Kim Kardashian, like, that yeah. outfit that was supposed to look like she had emerged from the water kind of way. Yeah. Like, just in a ran out of time yeah to get ready, kind of <laughs> and like rolled out of bed from a nap took a shower and got in the uber but i do i don't know i think yeah i think it's a close one with lorenzo and yannick okay yannick can come if andre doesn't but if andre comes then it's yeah, yeah. lorenzo yeah francis of course because i th- again i think he would be able to pick out like an interesting fit like you see what he chose to wear to the australian open like he's yeah. he's making choices he's He's staking claims. We've also seen him in, what was it? Where did they go for the um, next-gen finals? The first Dolce & Gabbana, which has not aged well. It really hasn't. But he was mm-hmm. wearing some interesting stuff in that store. And speaking of that, I also have Stephanos on my list. Of course, the thing. of course you do. Of course you do. is... <laughs> I knew it. Popularizing like, tennis. Do you guys remember how much coverage, like, it got when Steph said that he, like, had a, not that he had a crush on, excuse me, I'm sorry to this woman, that his favorite (laughs) actress was Margot Robbie. Do you remember just how much press that got? Because I do. How much press did it get outside of the tennis world? I don't, I don't know that. It was on, like, mainstream ESPN and stuff like that. It got, like, a lot of views on TikTok, etc. So I just think, guys... I was also trying to think about this. If we recorded, like, last week, I would have asked you this question. But obviously, there was, with F1, there were the rumors, quote-unquote, about (laughs) Fernando Alonso and Taylor Swift. And, like, you just get a lot of buzz from it. People really, like, went with it. I'm like, what are are we doing that no one is starting the rumor about Taylor Swift dating a tennis player? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I was thinking about it. Who would would I want it to be, Katie? Who would I want it to be? Stefanos, it's a buzz. I would. I know. She, I know you would. She deserves I so just, much better. She does. I was about to say, I was like, Taylor Swift 
the genius that she is, would never be with that man. Never. No. Never. And if she was, girly pop. But, like, if she has to be with someone. Anyway, I'm going to send it in to Jamal. We'll see how it goes. Emily, (laughs) send it in to Jamal. You're obsessed with Jamal. Emily, that's your job. That's my question about the Met Gala. Kitty, I also wrote a quiz for you. Okay. I'm so ready for this, except I'm not. I'm terrified. So I found this, every time that there's kind of an overlap or some kind of like, you know, this sweet life uh, of Hannah Montana, that's so, what was it? That's so sweet life of Hannah Montana? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Anytime there's like my multiverse of madness when the tennis world like Mm -hmm. overlaps with regular pop culture, (laughs) I get very excited because it it very much feels like tennis is kind of like our own little bubble. But then also mm-hmm. we pay so much attention to it that I'm like, wait, other people don't know who Matteo Berrettini is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just, I feel bad for them, but like, I, I just, it's crazy to me. So yeah. I found this website when we were having an argument because Katie <laughs> thought that like the movie Elvis was like bringing back Elvis into the lexicon. And I was like, girly pop, when did Elvis leave? Anyway, that's as far into that as I'm going to go, we, but we had we to just move on. I had to find a data source to prove how popular Elvis was, okay? So I found this website. It is YouGov. That's uh, the name of like the polling company that I have used here, and they have this amazing resource that goes like 5,000 people deep, and it's just <laughs> the most famous people in the world, living or dead. The list that I used is living or dead. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so they have one that's just like living. But anyway, it goes very deep and they essentially just do like a poll of the world. I don't think this is necessarily like a US only thing. They do a poll of the world and say, do you know who da 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 is? Okay, that's the first question. And the second question they ask is, do you like da da da? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have two metrics and it's fame and popularity. And I'm going to quiz you, Katie, on some different things about like, who is more famous, who is more popular, which person is more popular with millennials, etc. I have lots oh, of different yeah. questions for you, okay? And I'm notoriously bad at games, so. Don't overthink it, okay? Okay. So, gut reactions only. First question, with which generation is tennis the most popular? So the question is, do you like tennis? And which generation was the most likely to say yes? Millennials, Gen X, Boomers are your options. They don't have Gen Z and millennials cuts off at 99. So congrats. You're a millennial here. I'm a millennial. Hi. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I'm going to go with my gut and say boomers. Okay. So the most popular generation when it comes to tennis was millennials at 56% oh. popularity. Uh, the second was Gen X at 33. And the third was boomers at 31. Wow. Twice. You learn something new every day. Question number two. Who is more famous? Carlos Alcaraz or Grigor Dimitrov? Oh, oh no. Of the general public, Katie, not yeah. tennis fans. Not tennis necessarily. Who is more Who is more famous? In uh, Q1 of 2023. Carlos. Great. Wrong. <laughs> How the fuck? I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Okay, Katie, listen to me. Listen to me right now, okay? The so answer confused. is Grigor. But only by a single space. Carlos is number 4,420. And Grigor is number 4,419. How? How? Grigor, Not even just tennis players. In 
general. That makes no sense. How is Grigor on the list? It's it's a lot of like older people. Not that many new people get added to the list every year. I'm just so confused because I, well, okay, that makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Also, sorry for any dog barking in the background that I cannot manage to Kitty take a puppy. <laughs> I have a puppy. We have puppy. It's sad so. circumstance, but it's bittersweet. Yeah. Who do you think 4,221 is? 2,221. <laughs> Pick any famous person. You're going to die. A famous, just like a regular famous person or a tennis player? Any famous. It's not a tennis player. This is any okay. famous person. It's it's weird that Carlos and Grigor were right exactly next to, next to each other. That's the only reason I wrote this question. Can I have a hint of like the category that they're in? YouTuber. A YouTuber. Zoella. Phil Lester. Oh my God. <laughs> I should have known. So Phil again and Phil is less famous than Grigor and Carlos. And they are all right next to each other. 4,420, 4,419, and 4,421. I hate it here. I hate it here. I hate this. You've just traumatized me. Sorry. (laughs) Traumatized. Do you want to know where Sidney Crosby is next? Or... (laughs) God fucking damn it. Actually, I would love to know. (laughs) I'll look it up later. Within 10%, what percentage of millennials know who Casper Rood is? Oh, I'm going to guess 30%. Okay. The answer is 48. So you're not within 10%, unfortunately. But... Not too far. Aren't you kind of excited that it's higher than you thought? I am. I'm actually really excited because I did not think people would know who Casper Root is. Mostly because whenever he plays tennis, he's like an NPC. But I guess that Vogue Scandinavia did something. No, I think it's um, getting into slam finals. Like clearly the... Yeah. When I get to the other people that made it onto the list for 2023, performing well at the US Open is very much... uh, you know, prioritized. It's like the people that got on there were like Casper, Carlos, Iga, Francis, like yeah. people like that got on there. Is Daniil Medvedev on this list? No. No. Which is why I thought Carlos would be higher than Grigor because mm-hmm. Carlos just won the US Open. But, but no. no. Next question. I don't know how many questions I've done, but this is a fun one. Who is more well known? Maluma, who was photographed with Matteo at the Met Gala, or Dana Ricardo, who everyone wanted to be spotted with Matteo and they followed each other after the um. Met Gala. Who's more famous, Maluma or Daniel Ricardo? Considering I don't know who Maluma is, my instinct is just going to go Daniel Ricardo because I don't know who that other guy is. I'm so sorry. Incorrect. Maluma is 40% famous and Daniel is 38% famous. Oh. So it's. Fairly close, but actually in this list, like 40% is not, like 40 to 38% is kind of a a big jump. Yeah, okay. Because a lot of people are about 40%. Have more people heard of, do more people know Rafa or Lionel Messi? I'm going to go with my heart and say Rafa. Correct. (gasps) Oh my gosh, look at me, right? (laughs) They are both 38%, but more... But like a higher number within that 38. Yeah. Knew who Rafa Like 38 point whatever. Yeah. Who is more famous, John McEnroe or Margot Robbie? Margot Robbie. John McEnroe. What the fuck? (laughs) Who the fuck is making John McEnroe still relevant? (laughs) ESPN, bitch. (laughs) But Margot Robbie is so talented. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll say it for you. So beautiful. 
It's because the Barbie movie hasn't come out yet. Okay, another question that this poll asked people was, after it asked like, do you know this person? Obviously it's asking, do you like this person? And one of the options obviously is no. Like it's yeah. yes, no, or like unsure basically. Mm -hmm. And what percentage of people dislike Francis Tiafo within 10%? And here's your hint, don't be influenced by the timeline, Katie. Okay. The timeline okay. is not reality with this one. Thank fucking God. Because y'all, yeah. and I say y'all loosely, mm -hmm. y'all need to chill. <laughs> yeah. And here's, Katie, here's the thing. The percentage of people who dislike, it's not, it's the percentage of the total public. So if it was like a Rafa situation where 40% of people know who Rafa is, you cannot get higher than 40% when you're okay. asking like, do people like this person? Okay, yeah, because it's only, you only ask the popularity question. Question. Of people. If someone knows. So what's okay, the population knows. Okay. of the general public that dislikes Francis Giaffo? I'm going to go with like 10%. Okay, you get that because it's within 10%. It was 4%. <laughs> Slay. I almost said 7%, but I was like, mm, mm -hmm. I'm just going to round it up. <laughs> Has Dominic Team's fame increased from Q4 2022 to Q1 2023? No. Wrong. Yes. Oh. As has his popularity. His fame oh. is up 4% and his popularity is up 7%, which is pretty good. That is really good, but I'm also confused as to why. I, yeah, I don't know. I think it was probably real low in Q4 2022. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, you couldn't go, you probably couldn't go much further down. <laughs> yeah. Who is more popular? So this is the do you like blank question. Mm -hmm. King Charles or Novak Djokovic? Oh, why do you have to pick the two worst people in the world? Well, I'm not going to do, like, Novak Djokovic and Mother <laughs> Teresa. Like, I don't know. I'm going to go with Novak Djokovic is more liked. King Charles is more liked. He gets 33% wow. and Novak gets 32%. Actually, yeah. a slay public. I know. Slay. Actually, it's a hard, it's a hard choice, you know? Yeah. A cheater, someone who doesn't want to be vaccinated. Ooh. Which of these people is on the list? Matteo Berrettini, Lorenzo Musetti, or Yannick Sinner? Yannick Sinner. Wrong. I don't know why he's on this list, but Lorenzo Musetti is on this list. Who's putting Lorenzo Musetti on this list? I don't know. Who told them they should ask people if they, who, if they know who Lorenzo Musetti is? I don't know. What is Lorenzo Musetti? It's like Lorenzo Musetti like done something? Like has he like saved a burning building of children? Like what's It's very what's much on? people's performance at slams. And wasn't there that one time where he almost beat Novak? Yeah, but that was like Steph is twenty one. I don't know. I, d I don't yeah, know. And Steph's made it to multiple slam finals now. I don't, anyway, I don't know. Lorenzo is just hotter than stuff yeah. i guess yeah lorenzo is 37 percent famous and 23 percent popular so in august of 2022 so surrounding serena's retirement they did like kind of a big survey about tennis in general and they asked people the question of how interested or not are you in professional tennis for example watching it on tv listening to it on the radio attending in person following it on the internet or social media. By the way, put a finger down challenge. All my fingers are down. Bye. <laughs> Literally even radio. Like it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. it's so embarrassing. Which age group was most likely to be very interested? So it was like the most, you know, most interested you could be. So the options are 18 to 29, 30 to 44, 45 to 64, and then 65 plus. Um, I think it's the youngest age group. So true. 18 to 29 was the most interested. 12% yep. of 18 to 29 were very interested. And 13% were somewhat interested. So 25% of 
18 to 29 is interested in professional tennis. As they should be. Come on, come on in. The gate's open. It's so open. Same question. So how interested or not are you in professional tennis? But this time it has been broken out into Democrats versus independents and Republicans. Mm, But which party was most interested in professional tennis? And this is America, obviously, because... Obviously. I'm going to go with my heart as opposed to my gut and say Democrats. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest hint is like 18 to 29 is... Yeah. Is the, is the demographic. So obviously. Yeah. As far as very interested, the highest percentage came from Democrats, uh, which is 14% Democrats, 3% independent and 4% Republican. And that also held up in terms of like who people voted for in 2020 for 12% Biden voters in 2020 and then 4% Trump voters in 2020. So I just think it's interesting. That's very interesting. This is a wild bit of statistics. It's surprising. Wow. Look at this. You learn something every day. And that's my last question. Lovely. That was so much fun. I learned so much. You did. And it kind of shatters our perspective on like who tennis fans are and also like who's famous and who's popular. Yeah. Just saying. Mm-hmm. It's it, the fact that Lorenzo, and you, everyone, you know I love Lorenzo, so this is no shade. Why is he there? What has he done? What, what am I missing? I love Lorenzo, but why does everyone else love Lorenzo? I don't know. I really... He's only 21. He hasn't cracked the top 10. He hasn't won a Grand Slam. He almost beat Djokovic one time in the French Open two years ago. He doesn't even have that many Instagram followers. Like, with all due respect, Lorenzo. Speaking of people being hot, doing fun things, they've announced a few players for the Labor Cup, which will be taking place in Vancouver this year after the U.S. Open. For Team World, we now know that Francis Tiafo, Taylor Fritz, Felix Ojeoliasim, and Nick Kyrgios, unfortunately, will be playing mm. on Team World. And on Team Europe, we have confirmed so far Andreas Steph and Holger. I think these teams are usually like six spots with two alternates or usually one alternate but last year they had two alternates because both Rafa and Roger were not going to be playing more so they had one extra alternate. Yeah there's also apparently with Labor Cup like a rule about rankings you get invited to play. I don't know. We know Daniil won't be there because he (sighs) has already confirmed that he'll be playing in one of the Asian swing tournaments that's happening Mm -hmm. around the same time. So we know he won't be there. But how do you feel about these picks? And like, we know that there's one that we obviously hate with all of our entire being. I'll just say this. I saw that they had announced two specific people and I literally texted Miranda. Well, guess we're not going to Vancouver. Guess I don't have to drop all that money on that because I will not be laying eyes on that man. I don't know. I mean, there's still a chance that he will drop out because we haven't seen him play tennis in like a very long time and frankly I hope I never do again just retire it's not that hard just go away so but I don't want to rely on that the fact that he was invited at all is really what yeah, grinds it's horrifying. my gears mm-hmm. and I know it's John McEnroe who invited him for sure like definitely mm-hmm. like I have no doubt in my Get mind the fuck out of here Margot Robbie would never make Margot Robbie a team captain <laughs> Literally, I want an all-star tennis tournament with, like, tennis pros playing again, playing with, like, other, you know, I, that would be such a fun exhibition. It would be I don't fun. know why they don't do that. And would make tennis more popular because then people would tune in and they would maybe know them on the poll. That's why they don't do it. It's because it would make tennis more popular and people are scared. Honestly, yes, they should be. We basically want to throw away the Labor Cup at this Eat. point. But Goodbye. If you were to cast your dream Labor Cup, something you've never done before, Katie, that's an exercise you've never, never partaken in. <laughs> Who would be on each team and would you make any format changes? I didn't go through my team. I'll figure out a team and talk to you guys about it the next time they announce people. But I do mm. have a format change that I would do. 
Oh, what's your format change? I would love to hear that. My first. format change is screw Team World versus Team Europe. Mm-hmm. Just have captains do schoolyard pick. Like there is no need to do Team World and Team Europe. And when you do format it as Team World and Team Europe, you have this thing where like sometimes people's trash talk can be misconstrued. Mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. and that's all i'm gonna say like don't format yeah. it as team world versus team europe because you put these people in very uncomfortable situations i also think they need to figure out a format so that they can like play all of the matches that they have scheduled on sunday yeah that's always weird to me it is weird to me as well honestly if i had one format change um and this is not gonna surprise a single person coming from me considering no. the last three podcast episodes only doubles matches no singles. Make all of them play doubles the entire time. I, they, yeah, that actually sounds kind of fun. Right? Because, like, people talk about, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about, bring up Riley Opelka again, but being like, people aren't int- only interested in doubles when it's singles players. Like, okay, then make all the singles players play doubles. Make yeah. them play doubles at the Labor Cup. Who the yeah, fuck cares? It's an exhibition. The the person who cares is Daniil Medvedev. You're never getting him at another Labor Cup ever again. Yeah, because he's already won the Labor Cup. He doesn't want a repeat trophy. They should have yeah. lost that year. <laughs> Although he might play, he might play doubles on grass, but not with the people I want him to play doubles with. Uh, Felix is fine, okay. I love Felix, but like, it's not the team we all want and deserve. Who's who is the team we all want and deserve, Katie? Because I feel like I will probably just like co-sign whatever you're about to give. So I actually have I I did multiple lists. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> did multiple. Lists. This is also why I'm not doing a list. I was like, I'm gonna write my quiz instead. <laughs> Which was very, which was very fun. So I have a traditional set. So I have a mm-hmm. Team Europe and, and, and Team World, even though I hate it. But I did do a traditional set. I think that might, sh- might shock you a little bit. On Team Europe, I have Carlitos, duh. Yannick, duh. duh. Andre, duh. Mm-hmm. And then here's my, my sneaker two picks, Holger and Casper. And my f- sixth pick is Mateo. <laughs> okay. Okay. On Team, on team Europe. With my two alternates, which they wouldn't be alternates in this scenario, but if I had to pick two other alternates would be Daniil and Steph, simply for the Stefanel of it all. And they're not going to be doing anything. They can just go hang out. Yeah. Go, go hang out. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the Labor Cup's about, is about hanging out. They can just go the get the fight in the locker room or something. I don't know. <laughs> At the buffet. <laughs> A fight. <laughs> fight. On Team World, I have Taylor, of course. Francis, obviously. Morgan. Felix. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Morgan. <laughs> Morgan's a captain. Rag captains. Put Morgan on the bench. Honestly, you should. She should be like the vlogger of it. Like, have her do all have of the Morgan videoing. Have Morgan do some like interviews or something. I don't know. <sighs> She'd be so good at it. Felix is, of course, my third pick. Mm-hmm. And then Fran, Sorrendolo, Demon, Demon R. Mm-hmm. And my sneaker sixth pick, Yoshi Nishioka. Okay. I'm here. Like, well. I love it. And then I said to myself, I, I don't want to do Europe and Worlds. So I did three other categories and decided to have three teams. Ooh, that's kind of fun. Right? Let's have three teams. Do like a round robin, three teams. My question, first of all, on your Team World versus Team Europe one. And I didn't prep you for this question. I'm so sorry. Where would you want it to be? Oh, that's a good question. I would love it to be in Pennsylvania so I can go. No kidding. (laughs) Philadelphia or Pittsburgh? You're going to bring all these guys to Pittsburgh. Let's bring them to Pittsburgh. (laughs) We can go to a penguin game. Anyway, um, no, probably somewhere on the East Coast, like New York or something. But okay. that's just because I live on the East Coast. So my three categories for the three for the three teams: baby gen, next gen, and old gen. <laughs> I like it. I think it could be hilarious, wouldn't it be? 
So for my baby Jen, my criteria was 19 to 21. Um, so obviously I have Carlos, Yannick, Holger, duh. Lorenzo, Ben Shelton, Yuri Lehechka. Musetti. She means Musetti, by the way. Oh, We gotta yeah. clarify who's, in the Lorenzos. Who's another Lorenzo? Psycho. The only Lorenzo that matters is Musetti. That's mean. Is Am I wrong? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not a big Sonigo fan. I'm sorry. He's also old. Okay, he'd That's be an okay. old gen. Baby gen would be so funny. Mm-hmm. Next gen, obviously, is 24 to 27. These numbers are arbitrary, by the way. What about the 21 to 24-year-olds? <laughs> we don't... 24 is included. It's just 22 and 23, okay? They just... Okay. None of the people I picked happened to fall in those cat in those nages. So sorry, Emil Rusevori, you're out of luck. I'm sorry, Emil. Steph, Danya, Andre, Casper, Taylor, and then I have my three, which I don't I don't know who I would pick actually, um, but Cam, Hubie, or Francis. Okay. So I think that would be that's that's usually what the, the team Europe is. Hubie. Okay. Sorry. With all due respect to Hubie. What yeah, Hubie. Come on, he's he'd be fun. Shady, shady over there. Yeah, and the and then, format of um, the Labor Cup does incentivize tie breaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Hubie. Oh, Hubie, the Hubster. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, not the Hubster. I called him that the other day, and my mom thought it was so funny. To your mom? Whoa. My mother loves Hubie Hercatch. Okay, and then my old gen, which is 30-ish and under. Um, I say 30-ish because I realized I put someone on here who is not 30 yet, but will be this year. PCB, love of my life. Grigor, Diego. David Goffin, who is one of my many, many faves. Um, okay. Not really relevant anymore, but I love him still. Uh, Stan. And finally, Dominic. Great. Okay, I do think that from that older generation team, people would be expecting to see Rafa, Novak, etc. But, you know, whatever. Katie doesn't want it. Eh. Be glad I didn't put Marin Cilic on the list, because I thought about him. I'm so fucking glad. <laughs> We're going to actually talk about Madrid now. <laughs> God, yeah, let's move on. Jesus Christ, okay. It's blitz. So, uh, one of the notes that we had down was Daniel Medvedev match theatrics continue. Like, if there's one thing he's going to be good at, it's... Complaining. Cinema. Yep. Um, I didn't watch either of his last two matches. So, Katie, you did at least watch the one today. Can you catch me up? What did I miss? Okay. So, from what I understand, and granted, I'm mostly caught up on what Twitter is saying. However, Mm -hmm. he lost the first set in quite a dramatic fashion. Uh, Basically, Mm -hmm. Aslan Karatsev was possessed by the spirit of... Roger Federer. Aslan Karatsev in 2021. In 2021. Aslan Karatsev, who can beat Novak Djokovic. Mm. He was teeing off on Danya's first serve. Like, actually hitting stunning winners off of it. Anyway. Return goat. Return goat. Amazing. I was like, who is this man? Anyway, we'll get to that later. But Daniil decided that he was going to complain. I think he was actually complaining about the shadow because on the court, I think it's like the second biggest court, there's that shadow from the overhang. And I think he... I thought he was complaining about how big the court was. There wasn't enough room. That's what people keep saying. I didn't specifically hear that. I heard him complaining about the shadow. And he was complaining about the fact that there wasn't enough room for him to stand and that's why he was losing. I'm so sorry, Danya. Shut the fuck up. You're wrong. Um, you don't need that much room behind you when you're hitting your first serve, and Aslan is literally hitting down the line winners. You're going to lose anyway. So true, actually. You don't have to stand back to return when you're serving. And uh, he was like complaining about this, and I saw a lot of people on Twitter have really good takes about basically being like uh, the number two women's player was playing. 
you're not that. You're number four in the world. Shut the fuck up. Sucks to suck. Sucks to suck. Maybe if you were world number one still, you wouldn't be having this problem. Maybe if you hadn't lost to Sebi Corda in Australia. Maybe you shouldn't have flopped in 2022. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have sucked. That's what he was complaining about. This is the one time... Maybe not the one time, but this has definitely been one of the more recent times where I've actually thought that he was wrong and he needed to actually shut up. And he was actually making really stupid excuses for why he was losing. And it was like really immature of him to do. Because usually like if he complains about the court, whatever, like fine. It's funny. But saying like there's not enough room for you to return. Uh, no, Aslan's just playing really well. You're just a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think there's a difference when he's doing it and winning Mm -hmm. and when he's doing it and losing and when he's doing it and losing it seems like he's doing it because he's losing which isn't ideal yeah it really does not make him look good and it did not make him look especially because you have aslan on the other side which if you haven't watched aslan he is very just doesn't say shit doesn't say a single thing you you go like this and and put your hand in front of your face as though he has no facial expression (laughs) do you know how insane that is to pretend that aslan krasov has no facial expression he looks in he He looks unhinged but he's quiet silent He's so silent. Anyway. Literally, he won the first set and just like did like a fist bump at his at his um at his box and like mm-hmm. nothing else. And um, you know, he, he looks he's grumpy I do but think silent. He had a coaching change, by the way. Like if we're looking for a rhyme or reason on why this is happening, I think he has he had a coaching. He apparently change. went back to his old coach that he had in 2021. Is what I have heard from the Aslan girlies, which of them there's not very many, but I'm following all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. A small but vocal, vocal group on Dennis Twitter. And I love them. I They're my favorite girlies. Aslan girlies, mm-hmm. I love you. I'm an Aslan girly too. Mm-hmm. I'm not vocal, but mm-hmm. I'm like Aslan. I'm not vocal about it, but Caroline I'm over here. Glitter. We love. Love it. We, we love. We, I don't know why. Because... You are unhinged and we're obsessed. <laughs> it does not make any sense. Google this man. There's no reason. Except for when you watch his matches and you see those short shorts. It's the thighs. It's the thighs. I say that to every player I think is hot. It's the thighs. Shout out Burnabe. Shout out Burnabe. So true. Speaking of. Um, oh my god. Wow. I didn't even realize that was our next one. It was Burnabe and his celebrations. Love to see it. Um, so this week was Burnabe Zapata Miraez's first ever main draw win at a Masters 1000. Ooh. And he did three of them or did he have to play through qualifying so he did four no i don't remember i don't know he won three times in the main yes which is very impressive he has been goading lately love that for him he is a cutie he really has quite a personality he He won one of the matches and like just ripped his shirt off and it was so funny to me um he also had the moment where he gave Hubie. Was it? was it PCB? No, it was Hubie. He gave the f- Hubie. It's Hubie. Sorry. Hubie that he gave the flower to after. And I just wanted to remind him that, like, there are flowers on the side of the court here as well. So, um, you know, always an option. Always. Very much giving. The flower was very much giving, like, Ferdinand mm-hmm. vibes to me. He even kind of does give off Ferdinand but, vibes. Like, he's kind of a, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say thick, but, like, he's, he's built. He's built. He's, he's a unit, if you will. Yeah, he's not an absolute unit. But he's a unit. Mm-hmm. He's like... He's definitely a unit. He's I'm a, not going to say what that unit is. I mean, he's a hot unit. I'll give him it's that. metric. We call him Burn a Babe for a reason. We do. I love him. It is always very exciting. Like, I just forget 
just how deep like the talent pool and by talent pool i mean face cards run in the <laughs> <STD. laughs> Like every once in a while, every month, we're like, we have a new ATP player of the month. Yeah. And apparently this month it's Bernabe. Yeah. Although I feel like it's been Bernabe for multiple months. I think we'll give Bernabe April. Yeah. Okay. I really thought you were going to say how deep the face cards run for just Spain. Oh, because true. Yeah, that's Spain is just. Katie's going to make a Labor Cup team and it's just, just Spain. Spaniards. That's my ideal Labor Cup. Just Spain. <laughs> Which is actually the United Cup. <laughs> We're really happy for him. We are. The next thing is not that fun to talk about, but I do think it's like kind of important. So um, one thing that we noticed and Kitty, you messaged me one day and you said, oh my God, the ball girl outfits are so cute. And I I said, I actually hate them. Mm -hmm. And I do feel a little justified in my hatred, but we can go back and forth on this if you still disagree with me. Here's the, here's what I'll say. Cause isn't the whole thing that like they kept changing the outfits based on who was playing. Is that what I was reading? They did not change based on who was playing. They're different based on what court they're on. Okay. The center court matches have like the quote unquote models. I don't know if they're actually yeah. models. They look so young. They to did me. look and really maybe young. I'm just old, so like they look young. I don't know. They whatever. But like they're also dressing them in kind of like a juvenile, but also like suggestive way. Again, I've never sounded older in my entire <laughs> life than talking true. about this, which I fully understand. I am fully for, like, let women wear whatever it is they want. Like, they're out here doing a job, performing a utility, frankly. Like, I want them to be comfortable. I want them to be able to move around, etc. But, like, where I kind of have a problem with this is it being a uniform that they're, Mm -hmm. like, forced to wear, hired to wear. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the um, center court ball kids which it's even weird it makes it extra weird that we call them ball kids ball people because I, again i don't know i hope they're not children like it's fucking weird if they're children here's the anyway, thing they are most um, of them are children like it, this yeah. is a volunteer activity that children do no i think they i think they've been paying model i don't know I'm i don't unclear. know but on other outside courts they're just normal yes ball kids i will say people i think from a personal style perspective i love the outfit it's something I would wear, probably. I would love to wear that I outfit. I hated it from a personal style perspective, but that's neither here nor there. From a um, uniform job perspective, I don't mm-hmm. love it. It's giving hooters. Yeah. Which I don't love. And that's what I don't love about it. I do like it on a personal note, but like, as like a, a an outfit that I'd be like, oh, that would have been fun to wear kind of way for me personally. But from a nuanced worldview i am with you on it yeah and what other people are saying yeah i just so if anyone hasn't been watching or like hasn't paid attention when there are men's matches so atp matches on center court they have like a ball crew that's dressed in like a much more suggestive way apparently historically they were models they just like replaced the normal ball kid crew crew with a crew of models to like be doing the ball kid responsibilities and so they have them in these super short um pleated skirts that are very what's the word are very flowy mm-hmm. i guess i should say um and like these fluffed super up bright short undershort things that like just i don't know they fly up everywhere like no one is like they may as well just be wearing the undershort just like what are we doing? And then they're wearing these like long sleeves. So like you're covered up in terms of your arms, long sleeve, but crop tops. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of room. This is where I think it's not very Gen Z. Like 
a, a lot of room in between the crop top. I feel like Gen Z, like if they're going to do a crop top, they end up doing like something higher waisted and there's not actually a ton of like midriff happening. And then like knee socks. And I just hate the knee. The knee socks to me are so like schoolgirl caricature and just like disgusting. I don't know. Like I always am going to be just a little horrified by that <laughs> choice. They're clearly just very much trying to like over-sexualize the women doing the ball duties in the men's matches yeah and i turned on a women's match today because i was like oh okay are we sexualizing a male ball crew for the women's matches no we're not also how heteronormative like yeah why is why why do you have to have sexy women on the on the men's court have some sexy men over there who's watching men's matches this is this is what i would love to know is the demographic of people watching men's matches and watching women's matches because we are, I mean, we're a demographic of two, so not very many, but a lot of the people who are yeah. on Twitter that are in our demographic are women. It's the girlies. Or the girlies. And, like, actual, mm-hmm. like, girlies watching it. So, like, yeah. and granted, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people, <laughs> I mean, possibly are queer, so, like, also can enjoy the girlies, I guess. But, yeah. like... Maybe that's why a weirder assortment of players on the ATP side have, have won, because some of them have been distracted. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that says, that's, that's just, that could say some interesting things interesting. about who is left in the draw. It's an interesting theory. It's an interesting okay. theory. We're not, are we going to comment on it? No. And how old is, you know, the the person making the choice on what these girlies are wearing? What these womenlies are wearing. Probably <laughs> old. they're women. Anyway, like, I just, anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Feli Lopez, what are we doing here? Feli, uh, what are the Spaniards I doing? Talk. I just want to, I just want to love you Spaniards in, in peace, okay? Do we want to talk about actual matches that we've won? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I guess we're finally going to get... We don't get... have too many, I don't we, think. We really don't. Um, we have four. But the first one <laughs> is... Carlos Alcaraz versus Emil Rusofori. This was a round two match where both of them got buys. No, I think Emil had to play. Oh, yeah, he did. He beat Ugo Umber. Oh, usually I wouldn't be so personally invested in this match, like, and put Mm -hmm. it on here. Um, But one, this was actually a really good match. If you have tennis TV, go back and watch the replay. It was very fun to watch. But a very close friend of ours has become emotionally invested (laughs) in Emil Rusofori. Emotionally or aesthetically? both <laughs> so yeah i was very invested in, in this match i also like emil and i like carlitos i thought emil was younger though i'm not gonna lie emil's like my age i thought emil I, was older i'm i i'm really out here being like oh emil's baby jen no no he's my age he's he's stefanos's age that's well but is he really i thought people were saying he was like 22 no, I think he's like 24 or 23. He's like only like a couple... Okay, he's 24. He's older than I think he is. Yeah. yeah. But Emil did his homework for this match. He was on Twitter a lot this week for some reason. <laughs> Maybe he always is and I just don't notice. He must have watched that UMAG match where Yannick beat Carlos. And I do think that if Emil had gotten that break in the second set when he had like four break points, he might have won. I think he would have won the match, but... Yeah. The thing that worries me in that case is like... Did we get to a Zverev Madrid final? I don't know. Anyway, like it, that timeline does worry me. I also will say Emil has beaten Carlos in the past. He like has. he does apparently just play in a very similar way to Yannick. So yeah. he just has beaten him, which is interesting. You know, gangly pale boy playing mm-hmm. similar similar tennis. 
They both also, I think, yeah. have I head mean, rackets. Ultimately worse, but similar. Similar. Makes you think. The next match that we have, Foki beating Holgaruna. Thank God. Which we've mentioned before. This match was like kind of a roller coaster. It was very so wild. fun. I like wasn't going to watch this and then I just saw that it was good. So I turned it on. A lot of the matches that I choose to watch that aren't like faves that's how I find out. Like, there's an exciting first set or something dramatic happens. And I'm like, you know what? Let me f- fire up tennis TV. <laughs> and yeah. So what was the drama in this match, Kitty? And how do you feel about it? So I didn't see the drama as it happened. Um, but I did, like, look at it. And I think it was mm-hmm. that Foki hit a ball out, I think. And he challenged it. And the challenge mm-hmm. review said it was out as it as it is. Yeah. And so Foki was arguing, like, that it picked the wrong mark. Apparently, Holger, like, swiped the mark away that was supposed to be. But, like, the challenge system had already called the ball out. And, like, Foki was just like... Yeah, and the challenge system... Cannot be challenged. what, you know, yeah, is the is the rule now. They're not doing ball marks on... Center court. Clay here, at least. Unless you're on an outer court. They still do it for, like, okay. the outer, outer... Because I was... <laughs> naturally watching some doubles they had to get down and obviously check the ball mark but with the challenge system you can't challenge the challenge system so the spanish crowd was booing him being generally kind of rowdy because it was late at night and it was so funny because holger responded to this (laughs) as holger is wont to do and i don't have the full thing of what he said but basically he said next time that they're arguing he's just gonna go take a nap which honestly kind of iconic from him Me too, bestie. Take a nap, eat some gummy bears, live your life. I would also just like to bring up here, his account, his Twitter account, I don't actually think he did this, or if he did, like, what the fuck? Um, no, he, his mom did. His mom did, probably. Retweeted t- something, like a tweet, that talked about how rude the Spanish crowd was while Holger is still playing the match. So unhinged. So unhinged. What's going on? What is going on in the House of Commons? I don't know. Annika, get away from your son's phone. <laughs> get out of his Twitter account. I don't know. Just like, just, you can keep it, just, but just like, be nice. Think about stuff. Think about how people are going to feel about your kiddo. It just, he loves drama, mm-hmm. um, which is fun, honestly, sometimes, but it's also just like a little obnoxious. I don't know. I, just, I thought this one was like fairly harmless and fun. Yeah. Maybe the crowd was a little bit mean to him, but just like, I don't know, mind your business, play the game. I don't know. And it's always the same chair umpire that has to deal with him. I don't Poor know. Carlos. <laughs> It's always orally or Carlos. Or Carlos. Like, I don't know. And you know what? He handles it so perfectly every time because he's just like calm and like you can tell he's like fucking done with his shit. But he's also like, I have to do this. This is my job. Because it's not Holger's job to like quiet the crowd. It's Carlos's job. Yeah, exactly. By Carlos, we mean the chair umpire, not Holger. No, yeah. <laughs> was it also Carlos the chair umpire for, I think it was also for Daniil's match today? And... I think, I think so, yeah. And Daniel literally, the crowd was like booing him or whatever, and he literally went and sat down. And Carlos was like, "Go get ready to serve. I'll tell them to shut up. Like, you're being yeah. dumb. Go play the game. Go do your job. Jerry's gonna default you." Then we had another match that we wrote down: Stefanos beating Dominic Team. This was just nice because it was really nice to see Dominic Team play so well. So well. I don't think anyone was expecting this match to be as competitive as it ended up being. Steph hit 39 first serves in a row and not because he was just like hitting second serves as first serves. Like he was serving. I'm sorry, Katie, but you got to give a little credit where credit is due. <sighs> of course, he starts serve botting as soon as I don't like him. They showed a graphic 
of how long it had been since his last second start. Oh, yeah. And it had been an hour and eight minutes. And I was like, you guys couldn't have waited one more minute. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and then the other match that we want to talk about, just mention, is Borna beating Foki, which was the crazy match because of the way that it ended oh. like it ended on the craziest net cord i've ever seen when it was like six six in the tie break or something in the third set tie break and it was just like really upsetting i'm very happy for borna obviously it's an accomplishment to keep it that close mm-hmm. and then be able to like make luck be the thing that takes you over the line but um it does very much suck for Foki. And I just need to say, there was a point in time when we said on this podcast, like Borna, if you cut your hair, like <laughs> we won't stand you anymore. And I just need to like formally say that that is no longer the case. <laughs> like, please get a haircut. Maybe not a buzz cut again. Although the buzz cut, it's always like a bit of a jump scare and then you kind of get used to it. Like I've gotten used to Carlos's, it's fine. But I'm also not out here like thirsting over yeah. Carlos, so it's, it's like that's different. <laughs> Borna, like I just, I miss the buzz cut because he didn't have to play in a hat. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be able to see his face better. Again, literally I've never sounded older than being like, your hair is too long, I can't <laughs> see your face. Like that is the most old lady thing I think I've ever done. really is. I would like to just... Put it out there to Borna. If you're listening to this, if you are, hi, we love you. What are you doing later? Can I bring yeah. you a steak? <laughs> I would. I, I would too. I'm starting to learn uh, Croatian on Duolingo. <laughs> I was joking about that. However, 30 day French streak, just saying. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. You won't starve. I haven't learned how to order food yet. Oh, you're getting there. You're getting there. Luckily, it's not Paris season yet. You still have like mm-hmm. a couple weeks. <laughs> couple weeks i will say to borna maybe take a page out of Foki's book and get a Foki cut because i think that would look oh the the undercut and the man bun yeah that's not my favorite i don't know i love it i'm sorry i love it okay it's my truth yeah i don't know just a nice little haircut honestly my dms are open if you want to like send some pinterest photos we can have a little consultation yeah um figure some things out like you know dms are open if your name is borna short and honestly if your name is anybody else at Backhands and Compliments. Yeah, right? or at Tennis Era. Just go straight to me. That's true. At Tennis Era. Sorry. There we go. Kitty, doubles minute. You want to talk about some doubles? I would love to talk about some doubles. Um, mostly because uh, two singles players who play doubles together quite often finally got two wins in a row, and that is Rublinov or Andre Rublev and Karen Hashinov. They play doubles together mm-hmm. a lot, and they won two matches in a it's row. It's been a long time since they won two matches in long a row. Long time. Unfortunately, at the expense of one of my personal favorite teams, but we move. It's fine. Who was it? Uh, Mektikson Pavic. Okay. Anyway, but I love seeing Rublinov. I also think it was really cute. So, obviously, they had to play each other today in singles, and Karen won. And Karen said in his post-interview... It always happens. It's so weird. I hate it. But Karen did say that he hopes that Andre does play with him. He's going to ask Andre to, you know, not pull out a double. So I hope they don't pull out a doubles because I swear to God, there's if there's one thing I hate more than anything else in this world, it's Dan Evans. But the second thing that I hate <laughs> in this world is Adrian Manorino. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's when singles players will go far in, a, in the main draw of singles, but they're in uh-huh. doubles and then they'll withdraw after they've beaten another team. And I'm so sorry. I know you won, but either play it. Or, like, have some kind of lucky loser scenario. I have a whole, like, solution to it that we're not going to get into now because this episode's already too long. But y'all are about entertainment. So, like, we need to have more doubles matches 
So don't fucking pull out a doubles. And if you withdraw, I'm going to hate you forever. And I really don't want to do that, Andre and Karen. It's also yeah. not true because I could never hate Andre. On a similar note to Rublinov having a bit of a breakthrough and winning two matches in a row. Speaking of breakthroughs, we have had a little Aslan Karatsev win streak, which is so nice to see. Um, if anyone doesn't know Aslan Karatsev, he went on a run <laughs> at the 2021 Australian Open and then had like a good year in 2021 i think what was his career high ranking 14 12 14 12 or 14 yeah he was an alternate at the year-end finals in 2021 which is always crazy when i think about that like that is well to put that into perspective like holger runo was the alternate last year year and hubie yeah and hubie so aslan kratsev was like high up there in terms of the rankings, which also is hard because at a time it was at a time when like so many rankings were frozen, mm-hmm. so it was actually like hard for someone new to like break through during that time when rankings from previous years were frozen. Still, yeah, I digress. So yeah, he has been winning again, which is lovely. Yes. As we said before, he seems to be working with his old coach, which is nice, and I'm just happy to see him winning because I'm always like a little concerned about him. I don't yeah. know, like I just. It seems, it really seems like a struggle for him. So I'm always just like, oh, love that for you. Like, congratulations. I think we've said this before. I don't know if I've kept it in before, but there's always a possibility that like Aslan's going to drop in the rankings and then we just never hear from him again. Never again. Never again. He just goes and lives in the mountains in like fucking Russia or something and we never hear from him. Yeah. With like a horse that he's riding the wrong way. Yeah. It's like, it would be tragic with those thighs. Like, please, please don't do that. Oh my god, that horse is so lucky. Who knew? <laughs> we love Aslan. We're hoping Aslan continues this run. He is playing yet another Cinderella story who we haven't talked about. Uh, Zhang, who beat Taylor, Cam, Shapo, and some other random person. Katie's I don't know. fave slayer. It, literally, I, the, you know, I want to, Here's the problem. I want to like Zhang because he's very charismatic and he's a cutie. Mm-hmm. But he robbed me of a Taylor and Cam match. And for that, I cannot You get him. so many of them, though. You're so fucking greedy. You need another Taylor Cam match? <laughs> I need another Cam Taylor match, okay? I love Cam, and I love Taylor. Cam could use a win. I got Aslan, so I guess I can't complain. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, congratulations to Aslan Karatsev. So in the rest of Madrid, which you probably will have seen at least some of this by the time you're listening to this, um, in one quarter, we have... Carlos Alcaraz and Karen Hachanov. Katie, who comes out of that quarter? Carlos. Charlie. Uh, Then we have Borna Chorich and Altmaier, whose first name I do not know. Daniel? What is your first name? Where are you? (laughs) Oh, he's not. It's not even written on here because he was the um, lucky loser loser who got put in for PCB. I'll take I'll take Borna. Um, I'll take Borna, too. In many ways. But out of that quarter specifically right now is what we're talking about. Yeah. Then in the third quarter, we have Jan Lennart Struff and Stefano Sitsipas. Katie, who's coming out? You know what? I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull Struff. So you better Struff. get this party started. Okay. Pull Struff Well, cool, I'm going to go with Steph. I know you are. Zhang versus Aslan Karatsev. Got to go with my boy, Aslan. I love Aslan. Please win. So your semifinals in your mind are Struff versus Karatsev and Alcaraz Torich. <laughs> As the semifinals of a Masters 1000 in the year of our Lord 2023. Katie, who comes out of those semis for you? You know what? I'm really pulling. I think it would be such poetic justice for me specifically if Andre wins Monte Carlo and then Aslan won Madrid. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's so true. When Aslan Karatsev has a Masters 1000 before Casper Rude. And Yannick Sinner and so many other people. Nobody in that ATP predictions video said <laughs> I love him. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I love him. If anyone needs a reason to root for Aslan, I will send you the videos that convince me to be an Aslan Karatsev fan. Mm. She will at Tennis Brain Rot. Tennis Brain Rot. And if you're Oslan and you're just curious, ask. I will show you. These are the gifts of why I like you. <laughs> he knows. He knows. Oh, if you listen to this. He says, thank you, Andre Rublev. You're the reason I have fans. Literally. Yeah. Struff Karatsev. You're saying Oslan comes out of that? Sure. Why not? And then Alcaraz Chorich. What, what are you saying? <sighs> you think Borna has enough uh, smoke? I don't think he does, I don't know what that means. but he also could. Because <laughs> here's the thing with Borna. Here's the thing with Borna. Borna will either play amazing tennis and win, or he will be absolutely a flop and lose O and O. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. That man wants Cincy. Yeah. Remember when everyone was like, "Oh my God, I can't believe Borna beat Rafa and Cincy," and it's I don't, that has not aged that well, with all due respect. So it hasn't, but. Borna also did beat some other tough opponents in his run to win Cincy. And many, many moons ago, Borna was touted as being like one of the better players uh, in the... When the final of Madrid is Borna Chorich. Chorich and Stefanos Tsitsipas. You know, I would be okay with that. Be hilarious. Kay would literally like punch me. (laughs) (laughs) She would. No, yeah, I think I think Carlos is coming out of that, and I think I think Carlos is winning. Carlos like, is I think it. really the best case, best scenario of Carlos not winning. I think the person here who has the most chance to beat him is Karen. Weirdly, yeah, weirdly. We'll see. I don't know. This probably won't age very well by the time you're listening to this, but just know that we're thinking about it. We're thinking about okay, it. Just know that we're cooking. We're cooking an Aslan Karatsev Masters 1000. It would just be hilarious. It'd be so funny. Like, imagine in the end of your video that they do, where they have to, like, name all of the Masters 1000 yeah. winners, and they're like, there's one that I can't Gosh. think of. I can't remember Who won Madrid? Who won Madrid? It's like when Stefan... Who won Madrid? It's when, like, it's like when no one could come up with PCB for winning Montreal. Oh my god, that was so And funny. I'm just like, put some respect on my man's name. And I especially, yeah. I love the... People did remember, like, Chorich and Zinzi. Well, that had happened more PCB, recently. But PCB... I don't know. A week more recently. What are you talking I about? I realized as soon as I said it. I would have been able to name that in, like, eight seconds. Literally. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. And I didn't even watch half of the Masters 1000s last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, you only missed... I missed two of them. You missed two. Yeah, you came in at Monte Carlo, so yeah, you got Mon- yeah, but still, you knew who won them. Taylor Fritz, Carlos Alcaraz, Stefanos Tsitsipas, Carlos, Carlos Alcaraz. Alcaraz again, Novak Djokovic, Novak Djokovic, PCB, Borna Chorich, Holger, Holger Runa, Holger Runa. so easy, Done. so fast. These people are so embarrassing. Name all the five hundred and two fifties. Like I get it, that's harder, but naming all the one thousands is like pretty. Hard. I don't think I could do the two fifties unless they gave me what the two fifties were. I think I could. No, I just wouldn't remember that. I could. I could do the five hundreds, and that's a little scary. Yeah, Katie, who won Montpellier this year or last year? This year. This year. This year. Yannick. Great. I watched it. He beat Maxime Cressy. Who won? Yeah, that's. It's weirder to know who they who they beat. I could do that too, though. I think. I I think I could do it for the Masters one thousands. Yeah, Taylor Rafa. Taylor Rafa, Carlos Casper. Oh, oh. Yeah, Carlos Casper. Steph Foki. Steph Foki. Foki is a weird one there. Novak, Steph. Steph Foki, no. Madrid first. Oh, Madrid first. Carlos Zverev. Novak, Steph. Um, PCB, Hubie. PCB, Hubie. Steph, Borna. Olger, Novak. Great. Boom. Gorge. 
slay. I could also probably do it for the 500s, which is a little weird. That is weird. I'm a little bit obsessed. That's a problem. See, this is why I had to expand into doubles, so maybe I'd be a little less weird about singles. Can you name all the doubles winners at Masters 1000s in 2022? In 2022? I could, ch- I think I maybe could. Who won Indian Wells in doubles? Um, John Isner know, and Jack I Sock. Think, actually, I know one of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Hubie and Isner won Miami. John Isner. <sighs> that's actually, Kitty, that's why you're in your doubles era right now, is because John Isner isn't Thank there. God. Thank fucking God. Wait, who won Monte Carlo last year? Monte Carlo was Ramsbury. I've been in two tennis tournaments. I've never watched a doubles match. That's really sad. Doubles is fun. It's kind of fucked of me, isn't it? Doubles is fun. I swear, if you got into doubles, I think you'd think it's fun. But that's just me. <sighs> I need the commentary. I'm. T- we just need to watch a match together. Thank you for listening. This has been Backhands and Compliments. I've been Miranda. And I've been Katie. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Tennisera. You can find me at Tennis Brain Rot. Come talk to me about doubles if you like doubles. You can have me if your name is Portugal. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> we move. And then our Twitter is at Backhands Pods. Pod. Our Instagram is at Backhands and Compliments. Rate us five stars. iTunes and not iTunes, Apple Podcasts. And <laughs> wow, you are just going on the old train today. <laughs> we need to... Here's the thing, though. I actually look younger than normal because I got my gray sketched up. So Oh, slay. You're still us. pixel for me, so I wouldn't be able to know. Oh, cool. <laughs> if you have any do small stories, uh, please send them to backhandsandcompliments at gmail.com. If you have anything else you want to yeah. say to us and you want to be anonymous... If you have any stories about Borna Chorich and they're not just like, he was not very nice to me, because that's all I've gotten so far um yeah if you if you think his vibes are good please let us know i think his vibes are so good (laughs) they're so good that's all that we have i don't know when we'll have our next episode kitty i don't feel a ton of urgency to record like the masters 1000 wrap-ups when there's another two-week masters coming like you can kind of wait until the middle of the week the next week and like give people something to do true i think our goal is, like, before end of day Thursday next yeah. week. We do our best. But um, also, don't be on the lookout because you never know when we might drop po- drop a podcast. We might drop it late. We might drop it early. We're unpredictable. And that's on purpose. <laughs> we might never drop another one again. Who knows? Who knows? Appreciate us while we're here. Rate us five stars. Interact with us. Follow us, etc. To peer pressure us into making more content. Because truly, there is nothing that makes me want to report a co- record a podcast more than knowing that people will live tweet about it. Because I am vain. So true. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.